It's the Power Hour LSU podcast. Let's go! Does LSU have a Brian Kelly problem? Um, our attention to detail, the fundamentals, uh, clearly has to get better. Uh, we've got to coach our team better. Now, I want you right now, before you start freaking out, one way or the other, just grade Brian Kelly's coaching performance versus Power 5 competition this year, okay? I'm not saying grade the players. I'm not saying grade anything else other than the games themselves. Look at this if this was Brian Kelly's first year, his fifth year, or whatever year it may be. And I'll give you my grade coming up a little bit later in this episode. But welcome back into the PHL podcast. As many of you know, I try my best to be as objective as I possibly can about this team that I love with the bottom of my heart. And every single one of you listening to this, more than likely, you're a big-time LSU fan, right? And look, it's important to keep in mind the long term, okay? And I want to share with you a, a, a few tweets here that I found to be very interesting. One from Nick Diaz, a very um, talented YouTuber. LSU, keep in mind, went 11 and, two, uh, 11 and 12 the last couple of years. Only 38 scholarship players in a bowl game. 64 healthy scholarship players on the roster versus Tennessee. And that partially could be the reason why LSU is struggling so much on special teams right now. And just in general, you know, a lot of your backups play very meaningful snaps. Um, but still, it needs to get better that facet of the game. This is one from Charles Hanegriff. Hey, you know, we've split these games, and I'm paraphrasing here, versus Power 5 competition. And look, we're going to be about where we expect it to be, a 7-5, and 8-4 and four team. Now, before the year, my prediction was 7-5 and five with this roster. 8-4 and four if you get a bunch of lucky bounces to go your way. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with this from Charles Hanegriff. And this is another one uh, from LJ, who actually... Um, met up with another PHLer. They actually bumped into each other. They were both wearing some PHL merch. And uh, I really love seeing that. That's really cool. People are starting to recognize each other out in public. That's great. And LJ brought this up in our private PHL Discord. And by the way, shameless self-promotion here, Patreon. Dot com slash LSU football is where you can get my exclusive film studies, game grades, breakdowns, but most importantly, the Discord, where you chat amongst other LSU fans, including LJ, who says, keep in mind, Ed Orgeron left a mess of a roster, and we are playing a bunch of youngsters, a lot of true freshmen, and a lot of transfers, and all those things are true, but as we bring up a lot of the times on the show, two things can be true at once. And on this podcast, once again, I don't get, I know a lot of you know me from my YouTube film studies. I don't do a whole lot of that, uh, a lot of that here as far as like game breakdowns. Go to the YouTube channel. You could see my two hour long LSU offensive film study. What I would do uh, differently if I were Mike Dimbrock and Brian Kelly. If you want to see breakdowns such as that, make sure you go subscribe. But, you know, truth be told, you know, look, this once again is a very, very flawed roster. And we know that. And there could be better quarterback play. Absolutely. But look, there comes a point 
when you do have to start asking yourself questions. Now, before I give you my final game grade or grade of Brian Kelly through these amount of games, these four Power 5 games that LSU has played up to this point, let me ask you a question, okay? Was Saturday's result versus a really good Tennessee team a Tennessee team I picked to win the SEC East. A Tennessee team that I circled before the season began was going to beat LSU coming off a bye week with a better quarterback, with a year two coach. I wasn't totally shocked, but I thought the game would be competitive. But if you actually looked at Brian Kelly's history, was Saturday's result more of what Brian Kelly has been or something out of the ordinary. And the truth is, it is the former and not the latter because the MO from Brian Kelly, and this is something I brought up, a lot of you have brought up on my channel, the MO of Brian Kelly in top 10 games, he gets blown out. Look, it is what it is. Um, We got off to a slow start again. Um, we'll keep talking about how important it is, um, but that's execution more than being lethargic, you know, and disinterested. That group was ready to play, but you still have to execute. So that was Brian Kelly answering a question about slow starts. Great question from Brody Miller. And that's the reason why LSU continues to get blown out. But more importantly, that's the issue of why Brian Kelly continues to get blown out in big games. Now, remember, in all four of the games that LSU's played this year versus Power 5 teams, all four of them featured slow starts, as we saw versus Florida State. Obviously, the 17-0 hole versus Auburn, the 13-0 hole versus Mississippi State, and obviously a 20-0 hole versus Tennessee. It's unacceptable, right? But that predates LSU. Ed Orgeron, for all his faults, his issues were late second quarter and third quarters. If you actually look at it, he had some decent first quarters. LSU is really struggling with that. And you look last year, Brian Kelly played one elite team, and that was Cincinnati, and they were at home. And while Cincinnati's a really good team, Notre Dame probably had about equal the amount of raw talent. Cincinnati, you guessed it jumped out to a 17-0 lead. And so many of these other blowouts that Brian Kelly's been a part of feature slow starts. Now, I will give BK this. The Tennessee game was very interesting, right? He did make the bad decision, in my estimation, of receiving the opening kickoff. I am always a defer-to-the-second-half kind of guy, But to defend Brian Kelly, you do need to be able to catch kickoffs. You do need to be able to complete simple slants in stride to your best player because if you complete that first slant to Kayshawn, he's probably running that football into field goal territory. The connection wasn't there. It was a little bit of a drop, but the ball was thrown behind him. Okay? And Jaden's accuracy does need to get better, and there's not a whole lot BK can do about that, and then the punt coverage. But the issue is there's all these different stories about slow starts. If this could have happened, if that could have happened, eventually it becomes an alarming trend. 
And that is the big question when Brian Kelly was hired. It's what we brought up in live streams. Um, historically, when he's played the better quarterbacks, the better quarterbacks that he's faced normally have better QBRs than even their own season averages, which was what happened this past weekend versus Hinton Hooker. There's also, you know, a bunch of other stats about Brian Kelly in his past um, that we talked about on live streams, including the amount of quarterback luck he's had. I, I've never really seen this with any other coach. There, over the past five years, the opposite team's quarterback, whether it be Kenny Pickett or Trevor Lawrence, they would get hurt the week before they would play Notre Dame, but they would come back the next week or two weeks after. And that, of course, helps you win games when you go up against backup quarterbacks. That's not been the case this year. You've had to play some really good quarterbacks, and you beat a good one in Will Rogers. But, you know, even if you start breaking down that game, that was another slow start where uh, Mississippi State muffed a punt, dropped a bunch of accurately thrown passes. We were very fortunate to win that game. And I go back to the back-to-back road game stat that, you know, we've referenced quite a bit on this podcast and on the channel, we were catching Mississippi State on the back end of a back-to-back road game, and you see how good they are now. Really good. Um, And obviously, we're very lucky to beat Auburn. But all the games feature slow starts, a lack of offensive identity, and special teams errors. And the people in charge of that, Mike Dimbrock, who is a Brian Kelly guy, and Brian Polian, who is a BK guy coming over from Notre Dame. So up to this point... Actually, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give my Brian Kelly grade away just yet because a lot of you have your grade right now. I do want it to be known that I do like Brian Kelly. And just because these slow starts and blowouts have happened in the past, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen in the future, right? You got Walker Howard to look forward to. As LJ brought up earlier, you have a lot of youth on this roster, But it is worrisome. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the episode. All the extra context that we provided um, about this isn't the year, um, you know, there there was a lot that needs to get fixed. Let's actually take a look at some other SEC coaches and take a look at how they started their careers, okay? Let's start with the guy that was on the opposing sideline, a guy that I like a lot, Josh Heupel. Once again, I picked Tennessee to win the East before the year. I'm a huge hypo believer. Last year was his first year. He got a little lucky that the quarterback that he picked, Joe Milton, got hurt, and they quickly moved on to Hendon Hooker, and they never looked back. That was obviously a little bit luck uh, involved. But, you know, you can make a strong case that the scheme also has helped Hendon Hooker take his game to the next level. But nevertheless, in year one, Tennessee was competitive versus 10-win Ole Miss, losing 31-26, okay? Now, they did get blown out at the Swamp early in the year, but I remember that game. There was a few drops mixed in there, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the game was at least competitive at halftime, and it was. The score was 17-14, to okay? Then you move along here. They went toe-to-toe with Alabama last year, where the score was 31-24 to heading into the fourth quarter. Now, I don't know how many of you remember Tennessee before Heupel, but they were a mess. In fact, the fan base hated Josh Heupel when he was hired. 
Tennessee media, even national media that follows Tennessee, they hated him. You see what he's doing now, right? They were competitive against Alabama. The Georgia game, obviously they got Georgia there. They got blown out pretty bad, 41-17. to But even then, they were able to move the football some, right? They led after the first quarter 10-7, to and they were only losing 24-10 to at halftime, which honestly was one of Georgia's more competitive games last year. So, in the first year, at least Heupel had an offensive identity, and the program was moving in a good direction, okay? You look at some of these other coaches who won't spend as much time on these, but um, Arkansas coming out of the gate. In their first game, they led Georgia 7-5 at halftime. Georgia in 2020 under Sam Pittman. And while they did finish the year 3-7, and seven, they were very competitive in a lot of the games that they even lost. Um, so, you know, in that first year, Sam Pittman was obviously impressive, and then you know, in 2021, they had an amazing year for Arkansas standards. Ole Miss, 2020, right out the gate versus Florida, they put up 35 points. Remember, this was 2020 Florida, a really, really good team. And then throughout the year, they kept getting better and better and better. Okay? So it's pretty clear that these three coaches who took over less talented rosters in more hostile environments— those jobs aren't nearly as good as an LSU job. They didn't have issues with slow starts. They really didn't. In fact, it was the opposite. But that's the thing. You know, at some point, this needs to change. Now, this isn't some blanket thing. Each situation is different in and of itself. And obviously, the final goal of winning a national championship next year, the season schedule does shape up pretty nicely for LSU. Those things are more important than this one single Tennessee game. But we have got to be coached better. The team has got to be better prepared. The team has got to be more imaginative for us to actually reach the goals that we want to reach. Now, this podcast is very critical of Brian Kelly, but it's got to change. Somebody has got to say it. This has been more of the norm of what BK's been than what he hasn't. And the reason why you paid him all this money to come from Notre Dame to LSU is because of the between the headset coaching. That is the reason, his actual football acumen. And the issue is I feel like we are less Milesians in many different ways. And that is not good. That is not a good thing. Right? I don't like four for four slow starts in power five games. I don't care who your quarterback is. Get something going. So hopefully that changes versus Florida. Hopefully that changes for the rest of the year. Now, if I were to give Brian Kelly a grade, I would give him a C. Look, there are a lot of factors working against him. Okay? A lot. And he has won two of these games. And the team's have played very hard. So, let me know what you guys think of the episode today. Obviously, I'm still on Team BK. I hope he freaking gets this train moving. I felt Jaden did some good things, and I felt there were some throws that, quite frankly, a fourth-year starter should make. If you want to see those, make sure you check it out on the Power Hour LSU YouTube Film Breakdowns. Let's go, BK. I believe in you. Huh? Huh? Ah, Eddie! 
the PHL Podcast, baby. Bam! Let's go. Fast starts, competitive games, rest of the year. And tonight, oh, we're doing some stir fry. Night two, let's go. <laughs> 